and welcome to episode 31 of Dead vs. World. Nerd Perfect. <laughs> I'm Spindles. And I'm Aidy. Uh, unfortunately, Brendan is, is off poorly sick this week. Uh, but never fear, for we are joined by the very lovely Helen Arney, uh, who took some time out to have a chat with us and tell us all about herself and giant floating purple upside down cows and all manner of wonderful things. <laughs> so, yes, enjoy. <laughs> Cool. Anyways, uh, so d did you did you have a think of a, a title for the episode? Um. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I've gone with uh, I've gone with nerd perfect. Nerd Ooh. perfect, as in nice. pitch perfect. Yes. Uh, I think that's probably uh, because it's kind of a pun on like word perfect as well. So I I'm, thought you might. I'm basically that one, yeah. trying. What I'm trying to do is too many things at once. With this. <laughs> I'm trying to. And try to add the word nerd to the film Pitch Perfect, which I really like, uh, yeah. and also make an extra joke of it sounding a bit like Word, word perfect. perfect. That's that's where I go. Um, I I spend a quite a lot of my time trying to think up puns with the word nerd in, based on popular catchphrases. Because uh, like our last tour, Full Frontal Nerdity, that took us about six months to come up with. Uh, the latest in uh, the suggestion box for the 2015 tour uh, include, just for graphs, um, not a popular one, no, um, no, no, that, that, and cool. you can't polish a nerd. Can't polish a nerd. <laughs> Very cool. Yes, like that one. Those are the two front runners. Uh, we're not totally sure about either of them, if I'm honest. I do spend quite a lot of my time substituting the word nerd or geek or graph or statistics into like pretty much any any phrase in components statistics must be hard to get into a lot of stuff uh it, we tried um uh like throwing statistics for a dog that wasn't that I mean, it wasn't popular <laughs> it's like throwing a stick for, you know yeah, Do you know no, what i mean no, it's no, like I there's like something that. in there it there's is something uh the word pie works quite well for a lot of things as well yeah pie yeah, curious yeah yeah mm, nice uh but yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of headroom there. I don't think every single nerdy pun has been investigated and used yet. So no, no, we're hoping to find something not. truly original. Yeah, I think it's a thirty first episode we've done, and we've managed to get something original every week. So. Yeah, we, we, well, we've we've repeated one, which was weekend at Nerdy's because it there was, was a the part same, two. It was the same convention that we went to a year later. So you've got history. That's yeah. that's amazing. Oh, yes. It's like archaeology of of nerd titles. That's it. It's just but I, I don't know what we're going to do next year because there wasn't a weekend at Nerdy's uh, weekend at Bernie's three. <laughs> <laughs> so we're scuppered then, unless they make another one between now and then. Doubtful. <laughs> Have you had anyone uh, do um, uh, uh, nerd hard or nerd hard? Uh, we, we've not had a, we, have we had a yeah, nerd we did. hard? Yeah, we, I think we did have nerd hard or nerd harder. Nerd hard with vengeance? Yeah, I think we did have something like that. Yeah. We've definitely, I think we've definitely had one of them. I just can't re did. remember which one. Yeah, I'd have to go back through the episode titles, but yeah. I yeah. Think there's, there's definitely a, a few kind of ones that we can pick up with for sequels. Yeah. The, well, the anniversary would have to be, um, would have to be four, wouldn't it? 
Nerd Hard 4.0. Nerd Hard, yeah. What, what was the subtitle on that one, though? Was it Nerd, nerd, nerd Harder? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was Die Hard 2. That was Die Hard 2, Nerd Harder. <laughs> Yes. I can't remember what... This is quite a normal conversation that uh, Simon and I go Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like being back in the back end of the tour van again. It's as if we're back on tour. Uh, we, played a, we played a lot of games like this. Me, Steve, who you had on the show the other week. Yeah, we, we had a to Steve. And our tour manager, Giles, who we have to mention, as he contributed so many classics. Uh, one of our favourite games was Finding a Topic... Uh, and trying to make it nerdier, like um, songs, hit songs, or um, mm. bands as well. The best one I could come up with was Katrina and the Wabs, because we had yeah. a, like a computery thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and instead of REM, we had RAM yeah. or ROM. Real audio on, metaphile. Yeah, on yeah. A, <laughs> which, which end of the computer you're looking at. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness, there was some... There were such good ones that we wrote them all down and, and they've been lost in the list of time. But pretty much that, that took us from sort of West London to deepest, darkest Devon. That was about four hours. I've just remembered another one, uh, which was Liberty XP. Oh, yeah. The, the, unsupported, the, the unsupported girl <laughs> band. That's where, that's where dance music meets, yeah, unsupported technology. That's, uh... <laughs> They're both unsupported. Well, it's now, better than they? Liberty Vista. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, uh, oh. Yeah, or Liberty ME. That just, that's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was just dirty. <laughs> so, anyways, yes. Uh, Let's talk a bit about Festival of the Spoken Nerd because uh, we, um, unfortunately, when we saw the other guys doing it at the Sci Fi Weekender, you weren't there. So we, we, we didn't get to have the whole kind of spoken nerd experience. That's all right. I'm sure you, you've got a good flavour of it. I wouldn't ever ask them to contribute what I contribute um, because between the two of them, they can't sing and they wouldn't know which of the end of a ukulele to rub, even if you asked them to. So, um, <laughs> surely that would be even more funny. It would. Yeah. <laughs> Steve would do something like set fire to it just for some kind of demo he was trying to do. And uh, Matt would just calculate how it would be a lot better if the ukulele was just a... A spreadsheet. A, a spreadsheet or a, or just a box or something something that tessellated a lot better. You know, he would be a lot happier with something more mathematical. Um, but, you know, he's got four strings. It's not even a prime number. It's not even an interesting number. So I, I totally see his point. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun. We're, um, we're just supposed to do a bunch of shows at the Udderbelly uh, on the South mm. Bank. So we've got uh, one tomorrow and then another one, 4th of June and 18th of June, which are going to be uh, a lot of fun, I hope. Yeah, so what, uh, is, what is the Udderbelly? Have you not heard? Well, no, I've, I've got vague things about it, but I just can't quite wrap my head around what it is. It is a giant upside-down purple cow-shaped tent. I'm going to do it in very small chunks. So you've got a giant upside-down purple cow-shaped tent, and it's in a green patch of astroturf. I mean, it's very much like upstate New York. Uh, and it's, it's <laughs> I must have the missed the bank. giant upside-down purple cow when I was in New York. <laughs> They've got, you've got to go out. It's near Newark Airport. You've got oh, to go right, okay, there you go. That, um, that, that explains it. Uh, it's on the South Bank. It's within spitting distance of the London Eye and the Royal Festival Hall. Uh, and they've created this pasture where there's kind of bars and it's in this sort of dip. So you can't really see any of the rest of London. You, you're like in this magical kind of TARDIS 
where the grass is beautifully green and all the upside down cows are beautifully purple. Uh, and two or three shows a night uh, happen in this giant purple cow. Uh, and it's comedy and it's uh, uh, theatre and it's circus and it's all sorts of stuff. Like if you went there of an evening, it's kind of going into this sort of magical green land where there's there's the sun is always shining and there's uh, you can pop in and see Tony Law or you can see Festival Speck and Nerd or you can see a, a circus troupe. Or you can see like a band of man improvising a rap musical for an hour. Uh, and then you come out into the gleaming, beautiful green sunshine again. Uh, and then you go and get a tube of Waterloo and, and your life is, is wholly worse <laughs> for having left. Um, yeah, so it's quite, it's, normally it's um, it's at the Edinburgh Fringe. So it's kind of at the central that, yeah. point at the Fringe um, during August. But I kind of think they just went, well, I'm sure we can make a lot more money out of this during the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's move, move it, it to down London. to London. Yeah, where no, um, most of the people who go to Edinburgh are anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they stick it on the South Bank for a couple of months before they ship it up uh, and travel it to Edinburgh during July. And they set it up, they do a month of shows in there, and then goodness knows what happens. It goes back to the farm. Okay. <laughs> giant purple farm. Back to wherever awesome. giant purple upside down clothes go when they're not doing things. airship and steamboat. <laughs> oh, I wish they did. I wish they just floated it. I wish yeah. they just, it, it just raised the whole thing. Just, just lift the, the whole ground. thing up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm... they cleared the airspace. <laughs> oh, but they, 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 they certainly should do that. saw it flying over London Luton Airport on the way up to Edinburgh. Whilst beautiful. performing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> they, they should totally do that now because uh, steamships are, are on the way back now. Yes, they're, they are. They're, aren't they building a new one no, somewhere? It's already out. Oh, is it, is yeah, it it's built? a giant one. Yeah, there's a giant steam... Uh, well, not steamship. It's a... Uh, uh, An like airship. A airship. Yeah, 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 Zeppelin thing. Massive thing. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ze Ze Zeppelins are back in fashion. But with a safer... Uh, <laughs> with a safer... Um, yeah, less explodey, I think. Yes. There were always a few problems there with you know, the whole exploding business. Yeah, no. well, that's because they all used to smoke when they were in there. <laughs> not helpful. And bullet holes, <laughs> you know that. Yeah. It is health and safety gone mad now. How you can't smoke in a highly flammable airship nowadays. Or, or fire, it? you know. I you know, know what's arms. the world coming to. <laughs> <laughs> what the world is coming to is it's crashing down from the sky. That's what's happening. <laughs> In a giant, <laughs> a giant oh, purple oh, floating right. cow. Enough with the giant purple floating <laughs> cow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So with with Festival of the Spoken Nerd, is there, are there particular songs that you do as part of your 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 bit in the act? Hmm. It sort of depends. We um, we've done two tours now where uh, I've done a few different uh, songs depending on what kind of matches up with all three of us. Yeah. Um, because the show is like we we kind of start writing a show about a year before we do it in Edinburgh, a year before we tour it, uh, and we just sort of throw loads of things in, uh, and we do all these new material shows, which we're about to start doing again from September, where we just try out all sorts of stuff that are just you know stupid ideas in the back of our heads, like mm. Steve starting a fire in a bin and seeing if he can make a fire tornado, and me seeing if I can smash a, a wine glass with my voice, which is like. The, the one experiment I'm most proud of in my life uh, is being able to... I can now smash a wine glass with the power of my voice. That's and awesome. a massive amplifier from Aplin. It's like a, I cannot overstate how large this amplifier is. Uh, <laughs> but genius. It, it's really fun. And sometimes we get people out of the audience to do it, uh, which is enormous fun. So I don't, I don't do, just do the songs on the tour. Yeah. 
um, this is an idea we had, uh, I've had for ages and ages and ages, to want to try and use my voice for science. Yes. Not just by doing songs that kind of match up with the themes of, of whatever the show is, but I actually wanted to do a thing, do mm. a science, you know, stand back. I'm going to do a science uh, with my voice. Investigate the feasibility of the brown note. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was, well, yeah, we didn't get the deposit back on the venue when we did that. <laughs> it was not a purple cow that night. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been really fun to try, to try to do that and learning the physics of what's actually possible, learning how uh, accurate you need to be yeah. uh, and, and how powerful you, you need all this kit to be. Because I can't do it with my voice. You have to be able to hit about 120 decibels, which kind of for comparison, 120 de- decibels is about the same volume as sticking your head inside a motorbike engine. I was just That's about to how say, loud my motorbike's 119 yeah, decibels. So. He'll, he'll go outside and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bike that does that. Yeah, exactly. That is how loud you need to reach. You need to be able yeah. to sing that loud, but not just like motorbike noise. One single pitch within about three or four hertz. Yeah, yeah. And the wine glasses that we use are Tesco finest crystal wine glasses. They say they're crystal on the packet, which means you know they're a good uh, material for vibrating. Mm. But because they're Tesco finest, they are some of the worst workmanship you could possibly hope for in a, gla- in a wine glass. Uh, so they're, they're the perfect material, but they're really badly made. So, so they're, they're a little easy. bit wonky and they got, you know, you can see the cracks in them, you know, before you've even taken them out of the packet. So they're perfect. Just for wave trying them at the audience. This is a, a real glass. It's all fine, isn't it? Yeah, you can't just show it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't look at the face. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they're really good. I mean, I've hit them with hammers and they haven't broken. Oh, okay. uh, the hammer just bounces off them because the wine glass is fundamentally a pretty strong pretty shape. Sturdy, but that's yeah. what actually makes them breakable because what you're trying to do is hit the single frequency that makes it vibrate to its absolute maximum. Mm. And it's the frequency that's the natural resonance of the glass. So you can actually find it really easy by just um, just tapping a wine glass. You know when you yes. tap a wine glass and it goes bing? Yeah. Yeah. It's that note. That's right. what you need to sing back to it. And it's normally around a kind of C or a D above middle C, which is about 500 and something hertz. Mm. So you have to get within three hertz which is like less than 0.5% of the right frequency. You have to get it that accurately. You have to get it up to 120 decibels and you have to hold it for long enough for the glass to vibrate so much that it breaks itself up. Yeah. First time it doesn't go, but if you, if you get it to vibrate itself so much at the frequency it loves vibrating at, it loves it so much it will just, just cannot apart. stop itself smashing up. It's like, it's like a, rather than trying to smash it with your voice like a hammer, what you're trying to do is kind of do more kind of Darren Brown thing. You're trying to persuade it to break itself up from the inside. Nice. Just using the power uh, of analyzing a wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of my time convincing wine glasses that they want to stand up in front of audiences and uh, uh, pretend to be touching a tarantula or whatever it was he did in his last show. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever had a, a moment where you like, accidentally shattered someone's reading glasses or wine glass in, in oh, the audience? No, I never have because. Uh, it's so hard to get anything to vibrate more than just a little bit. Um, no, if I wish. That would be we truly epic if you manage that. I mean, that would be so beautiful. <laughs> uh, we were going to do a whole thing where we'd, um, we, uh, we'd rigged up 
what was basically a trick to smash something later in the show. Uh, but it kind of was a bit fake. And we were, because with Festival of Spoken Nerd, it's all about the actual proper stuff that's real, yeah. science that you can do at home, and actual, you know, it's real stuff rather than uh, magic or trickery or theatre yeah. tricks. So, so we kind of went, nah, it was a bit, uh, it would have been amazing if it weren't. I have accidentally broken it in a sound check at least twice. Right. Um, by, by trying, I've learned to not try so hard. But the best thing happens when someone comes out of the audience to do it, and that is an absolute dream. And the first time it happened was because literally someone heckled me because I couldn't get the right note. I just couldn't hear it properly. Yeah. Um, and someone just heckled really badly going, ah! out of the audience. We pulled her up on stage because she was being cheeky. Uh, and she just she just yelped into the microphone, did this did perfect it. note, smashed it. It was amazing. And since then, we've had quite a few people try their luck. Um, I think over the tour, we had about five women and about three or four men. Uh, all of the women managed it straight off. Um, mm. Only one of the men did because it's a little bit higher than... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just at the top of your... You just can't get the control. It's, it's like and a, when you get nervous, of course, you sing, you kind of go a bit sharp. Vibrato, so, you know, yeah. that's, death, that's death to it. So it's the top of your range and you're like... Um, the only guy who did it successfully was, uh, in his spare time, a pantomime dame. Oh, right. Cool. <laughs> so uh, he had all of the requisite skills and showmanship, uh, and that was pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's kind of like a, a kind of nerdy version of carnival games. It's like you know, can you can you vibrate the glass and smash it and win a teddy bear? <laughs> Absolutely, that is that is exactly what it is. It's party tricks for nerds. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You've won an inflatable so, ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what we what we do when we're working on a new show. We kind of throw in bits of everything, and I might come up with a stupid idea for a sort a mathematically accurate love song or something like that, and yeah. I'll bring it along and we'll try it out in loads of these preview shows where we just we just there's. 40 people in a, in a room above a pub or something. Yeah. And we try all these things out and eventually they kind of evolve into these weird, epic uh, things. Um, the, the mathematically accurate love song I did ended up going in the last tour but one uh, where I sang it quite straight. Like mm. all of the, it's kind of a song made up of <clears> equations <throat> and stuff like that. Um, and Matt did backing maths on an overhead projector uh, which... <laughs> When it when it was you know a proper like it had an orange cable, it was it was a real it was like it was like being back in school, uh, and when he took the cover off it and revealed what it was, it literally got the biggest cheer of anything we have ever done, uh, because it was like joy plus nostalgia yeah. plus recognition uh, plus realizing that the two fourteen year olds on the front row had no idea what that thing was. Uh, <laughs> So it's like a whole audience just ganging up and going, oh, oh, I may not be young anymore, but at least I can enjoy remembering that. You know, so it's just a lovely thing. Um, it turned into this weird uh, battle between Matt with an overhead projector and Steve, who'd made some PowerPoint slides. And it was kind of this epic battle between between old and new. OHP versus With, with a background of, yeah. of mathematically sounding biscuits. I was kind of, that's kind of how it went. So, yeah. We got, we come up with these daft ideas. It's um, 
it, yeah, I do a couple of songs of my own, but they're much more fun when they end up melting into something that one of the boys does as well. So yeah, because I'm trying to think whether you played that mathematically accurate love song when you because uh, I saw you mm. it was in the South South Street Arts Centre in Reading. Lovely South Street Arts. Yeah, so that, that was that was a, a lovely little gig. That was a great night. Yes, um, which had L, the uh, Professor Elemental. Professor Elemental, mm. yes. Um, he came and did a guest rap on one of my songs, he did, which indeed. was amazing, amazing uh, because we have that, that's, a, that's been out on iTunes for like a year and a half, but that gig uh, was the first time I'd ever met him, oh, this right. okay. story of the internet, I had never yes. met him before, uh, we got hooked up on the internet by a mutual friend, Baba Brinkman, who is a science rapper, who's now back over in the States, his producer, Jamie, also produced some stuff for Elle and yeah. me, and just went, oh, this is going to work if I put you two together. But we never met. We did it in separate days in the studio. So even though we're on the track, it sounds like we're having a conversation. Yeah. We are not having a conversation. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so that was the first time we'd ever met. It was amazing. Wow, so um, yeah. he's so brilliant. I absolutely adore him. He's absolutely wonderful. He is lovely. Yeah, we, yeah. we had him on the show a while ago. I've, I've seen at him at several some gigs. point, great. I would like to do something with him again. But I'll have to. I'll have to write a song before then. Oh, yeah, he, he's oh, busy like off time traveling to find his trousers. I think he's doing yes, the, he the, is, the yeah. album that was meant to come after the last one. <laughs> so he, he's busy writing songs in different time periods as well. He's trying to track down Jeffrey in the time travel trousers. trousers. Yes. Oh, I love those time travel trousers. <laughs> I wish Who I had doesn't? some. Doesn't. <laughs> Uh, right. So, uh, other stuff I was going to... Yeah, we were talking about uh, new shows and things there. You were just down recording a pilot for Radio 4? Yes. How did that go? That went uh, really well. Well, it's difficult It's difficult to say unequivocally that it went really well because we really enjoyed it. The audience were absolutely brilliant. We worked for, like, weeks and weeks honing this script. Our producer was really happy with it, Uh the other actors we had involved and our writer that we worked with, just they were all really, they really loved it. We all really loved it. We all had a great time. Uh, but we don't know yet whether it will get commissioned or not. Mm. So it doesn't, it kind of officially, it went brilliantly until we know that it didn't. <laughs> it Fair really, enough. Okay. <laughs> it went brilliantly until someone officially tells us that it didn't. Uh, it was really fun. It was, it's, it was, um, it was amazing fun to do something that was almost the opposite of what we do in our stage shows, where we kind of we have so much on the screen. The screen is like a fourth person. Yeah, it's, it's all in very the show. visual. It's very visual. I mean, the... this is why we, it took us so long to to even get anyone to agree to give us a pilot. Um, and our, our producer David at Positive Productions was just you know believes in us so much that he just basically just uh railroaded radio 4 into giving us a pilot i'm sure that's not exactly how it happened but he's been an absolutely amazing uh person just totally getting what we do and then knowing that all of this stuff with like these lo-fi things we do on stage and these songs with videos and and overhead projectors and all of this stuff that's so joyful about the stage show knowing full well that we cannot do any of that on the radio yeah. he still believed that we could make a radio show uh, which was 
just you know it was like saying oh Naomi Campbell you're an amazing model you know you look you look stunning in all of this fashion but um now how's come your and narrate this audio book yeah it's, <laughs> it's like what you, you know um are you any good at knitting you know something <laughs> something slightly related to what you do already but you know I just think I just get a, you know I just know that you could you could really you know people have you considered dancing on ice or something like that? you know yeah. what um yeah so uh so that he's been absolutely amazing, but yeah, it's been really, really fun experience because um, we obviously can't do any of our real science demos, and there's always no point doing any real science because no one can see it. No one can see it. Yeah. You're only describing it anyway. So, kind of, actually, the 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 ceiling blows open because not literally. Steve didn't do that, but um, <laughs> isn't that always a danger? <laughs> yeah, hang on a minute. Um, because, you know, you no longer are limited by what you can physically do in a theatre. And that's what all of our demos are quite lo-fi. They're quite, you know, put together from stuff that we found that you... It's part of the joy that you think, oh, I could do that. Stuff but actually, fine, yeah. I mean, there's no point doing a lo-fi demo and saying, oh, Steve started a fire in a bin. Oh, look, it's a fire tornado. You might as well, because it's radio and you're not doing it for real anyway. You might as well say, well, we've made a 25-foot-high fire tornado. You know what? You might yeah. as well just do absolutely anything like literally anything is possible so the kind of the perspective is completely different it's not what can we do with what we've got available it's like what in the universe yeah do we want to do and it's almost like overwhelming <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it suddenly opened up the playing field of it well yeah, uh, like, we can ah. theorize this yeah, of of infinity, which small bit are we going to do? Rather than of the set of practicable what, things what that we we're not going to have to be banned for doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's that, an yeah. infinite set. We're like, wow, whoa, ah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really fun. And of course, like because I do songs, and a lot of my songs are kind of narrative songs that go on for about three minutes. We were told, but with no uncertain terms, that having a song more than about four or five seconds long at six o'clock on Radio Four. Uh, is is not acceptable. It's just it's just, you're just shooting yourself in the foot because okay. people switch on to hear speech, and if they get a three minute song, you just you, you know, that's that's actually ten uh, percent of your show yeah. if you have a three minute song. And I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Obviously, ten uh, percent of the show, exclusively me. Ten percent of it, all brilliant. yours. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, great, that's my bit. Man. See you later, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you after the recording. What else? Um, Yes, yeah, so 50% of the show, when you start breaking it down like that, you're like, oh, well, wow, you know, what else can I do? Is, yeah. there, is there something else? So I ended up writing loads of stuff that's talky stuff instead. And, um, because the scenario is that we've, uh, with three suspiciously unemployed scientists, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for reasons not, not truly revealed, um, but suggestive of, yeah, incompetence or low social skills. Uh, we're left we'll in code charge HTML for food. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're left in charge of a organisational business that we would not normally be left with. Uh, and we try to make it much more efficient and better and make more money with science uh, and with scientific thinking. So the thing that we're left with, I mean, this could be anything like we try running a sports centre or a, a nuclear submarine or an estate agency, but we end up with a restaurant. Um, cool. And Steve's thing is that he confuses fusion cooking 
with, with fusion, fusion reactors. Right. Uh, and he basically builds a fusion reactor. And there's it, quite a lot of substantial stuff about how currently we're trying to build a fusion reactor, ITER, which is the, the international thermonuclear experimental uh, project that... that <laughs> It just sounds so bad having the words thermonuclear and experimental in, yeah. the, in one sentence. So why they yeah, don't call it anymore. They just call it ETER. They, they just call it ETER. And if anyone says, what does that stand for? Uh, uh, it just stands for ETER, all right? Shut up. Don't look under the carpet. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, don't push that button. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, so they, that is, and, and they say they're, you know, only 30 years away from uh, creating a a, 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 a thermonuclear explosion. Uh, they're probably quite a lot closer to it than that. Mm. Um, they, they, they're 30 years off making a, a nuclear fusion reactor that will produce more energy than it uses. Because yeah. these things exist at the moment. Tokamak, Jet, they, they all exist, mm. but they use more energy than they produce. Um, and the biggest barrier at the moment seems to be the material that the uh, that is enclosing this plasma that is as hot as the sun. This this hydrogen fuel that is as hot as the sun. Uh, the biggest problem they have is uh, is what to contain that in. There's yeah. just no substance on Earth that can cope. Uh, so that's their biggest problem. They can get the plasma to be hot enough, uh, and they can pretty much get it to do do its business. Um, but it, they just can't find anything to contain it. Yeah, it's that, it's uh, literally uh, an explosion wave. Happen. So that's really interesting, all that kind of stuff. And trying to get that across in a two and a half minute comedy setting. <laughs> two and a half minute sketch. Yeah. It's, it's uh, something of a challenge. But yeah, we yeah. do also see Matt tries to make all of the uh, customers, uh, to serve the customers much more efficiently. So, you know, every customer is a square box in a vacuum. Uh, and uh, using the like the classic travelling salesman problem, this the, this yeah. mathematical yeah, problem yeah. of you know you've got a certain number of cities that you yeah. have to visit, you have to visit them all once. What's the shortest path? And if yeah. you have more than about six or seven cities, manually working out every single option and measuring its time, even if you worked out one possible option a second, the universe is not long enough for you to actually go through them all and pick out the best. But if, if all your customers in the restaurant were ants, then you could use particle swarm optimization. I mean, you've pretty much written our script there. Uh, <laughs> no, genuinely, I'm, not, I'm joking. We try ants. Uh, yeah, we, we do. We try ants. And yeah. uh, it is spectacularly successful, yeah. apart from the fact that uh, customers don't generally like having their apple crumble delivered in individual crumbs. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a non-starter, right? So we moved on because they... Um, they, uh, there's a bunch of computer. It's all these computer programmers who've tried this using different natural yeah. models. Yeah, no, and so I, I've, I've ants, done that as part of my AI it, course. You, I was about to say, yeah, it, course, it would yeah, be a non-starter because it's actually a dessert you're trying to serve. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I had to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we we moved on for ants, uh, and yeah, the next latest thing more recently is slime mold. All right, um, okay. I've not come across slime. It's mold. neither a, um, a mold or a fungus or a childhood nickname for Steve. Um, it's it's, it's thing called summer. It's like a, it's a multicellular organism that can shrink and grow, and and it it moves um, extensions of its gloopy body towards food. So there's right. been some AI models that have you know covered a whole virtual petri dish with slime mold. So it's, and... it's still going along the kind of pheromone concentration idea. 
Yeah, it does. Still, well, it, it's they cover the whole thing, and it has a few points that are food that are, that are food pheromones, and then actually the slime mold shrinks rather than it it follows each path. It actually mm. shrinks down yeah. into a a web, which is often amongst the most. I'm couching this in very like you know it's never works quite that well. Um, it's often amongst the most efficient path. Yes, it's a little bit like if you if you had uh, some soapy water and you you've got like a bubble. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like where you end up with the hexagonal bu- bubbles. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. It's kind of you get loads of liquid, you get loads of the slime mold, and it shrinks down to to connect the parts. And they've done this with things like the Tokyo train system. They've mapped out in agar the the points of uh, the Tokyo uh, Shinkansen trains. Yeah high-speed train system, they've mapped all the cities as blobs of sugary food. They've covered this whole layer of petri dish with uh, slime mould mm-hmm. and it shrinks down into little paths that connect all the food dots and it pretty much looks like the like Tokyo tram system. It, mm-hmm. it looks exactly like the map of how the trains uh, have been connected so okay. it's it's kind of it's it's really interesting. So they've they've done this with all sorts of things, and yeah. So you know, slime mold. Uh, we basically cover the restaurant in slime mold uh, in the hope that that will. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, it, even if it doesn't optimize quickly enough, uh, it does allow the waiters to deliver food much more quickly through a kind of slip and slide method. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so we had a lot of fun. I mean, that's 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 some that of the fun of pretty cool. Yeah, we. I mean, we'll see. We'll see whether um, whether Radio Four agree. We desperately cool. hope so. Well, it's, it's something I listen to anyway. If that's any I, consolation, you can, you can always go go with it to uh, British Airways. They love putting uh, different random comedy shows on the uh, in 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 air radio shows. I shall listen out for that when I'm while I'm on my way to. to yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure one New of the Jersey channels is just constant it? constant comedy, and they just they just buy up whatever they can get hold of. Really? Yeah. Well, wow. Look. I wonder what on earth I'm going to listen to tomorrow. <laughs> It'll probably be up, some Billy Connolly from '98. <laughs> oh wow! It's going to be like Ben Elton. Guy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly like that. Ben Elton from when he was funny. Yes. Oh, amazing. Was he? He was. was like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the discontinuity. Uh, yeah. It's going to be like, oh, but yeah, it's gonna... oh wow, there's going to. I'll, I'll count the Thatcher jokes and I'll, I'll send you a list. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be a huge amount of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah so even if, even if Radio 4 don't pick it up, but we will be sticking it on iTunes for everyone to uh, download and enjoy. Uh, and if we do get a series, then we'll make the whole series and then stick it up on iTunes for everyone to download and enjoy. So Yay. either way. It's a Yay. win. <laughs> Whichever way we'll get it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been a huge... It's, and I think if we do get a series, we'll start taking suggestions of what business slash organization uh we should run as three underemployed nerds if you have any suggestions right now uh the nhs please, please do. <laughs> the nhs oh oh yeah the problem with the nhs is there's quite a lot of science in that already there so is I but it depends on what department be, you go into though you can be, be more correct than funny yeah like heart surgery uh, or something like that you know, i don't know oh one thing we thought of that was um, sort of less, uh, that had a bit less science in it already was uh, running a, 
uh, a kindergarten. <laughs> we thought yeah. that that'd be quite fun. Seeing if we could um, we could put the uh, clients slash children to work doing something useful in a kind of. <laughs> there would have to be something involving <laughs> some kind of... brownie in motion of children. Yeah, or something like that being being links in a chain of like you know the the original um, uh, computers as they were were. Uh, were actually people, you know, the word computer as actually was used to describe a person yeah. who did a limited calculation yeah. that got passed on to someone else, got passed on to someone else. Like, um, it's what they did with the, uh, I've been doing, the, um, all of the hairdressers after the French Revolution, because all of the aristocrats who used to spend a lot of time having their hair dressed, mm. obviously lost all of their heads and the accompanying hair. Uh, so all of these hairdressers were out of jobs. And yet they could do quite simple calculations. So actually the original computers were a bunch of post-revolutionary French hairdressers. hairdressers <laughs> uh, doing, you know, two plus two and passing it on to the next person who was yeah. like two plus four. Oh, this is easy, this stuff. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, I, I love that idea. So, you know, maybe we could, we could set, the, uh, set the little children off uh, doing, doing little calculations. I thought, I thought Matt would probably quite enjoy um, exploiting a, a junior workforce for that. Um, oh, we've got to do a brewery as well because uh, surely, piss up in a brewery. Surely we can organise a scientific piss, piss up, up in, in a, a brewery. brewery. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a heck of a lot of science in brewing nowadays. Oh yeah, Massive I did a, a show for the Edinburgh Science Festival, which had like proper brew science. It was amazing. Okay, it isn't, is. isn't that where Brewdog are based? The people who uh, do the ridiculously it wasn't the strong beers. It was Innocent Gun. Ah, it, uh, Innocent oh, Gun's yeah. lovely. That's one of my favourite oh, beers. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's beer. so luscious. Mm. <laughs> it is genuine. I met uh, Dougal Gun. Wow. Yeah. He's actually a real person. Sweet. Uh, and he's their master brewer. And he taught me a rude drinking song that I cannot repeat. <laughs> well, you can on here. You can like, say whatever the hell you that, like on here. I refuse. Maybe feel freezy. So, uh, oh, right, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> he was amazing. He just brought uh, free beer for like 100 people. Yay. Uh, that is a man who deserves to a, have his hands shook. Like, oh, it was such good. Oh, some of it was the, um, you know, they work with a whiskey uh, whiskey uh, barrels. Yes. What do you call it? Whiskey thingamy. Uh, they have like a reserve. Uh, there's only 200 bottles of it type whiskey. A distillery. And mm. yeah, the, and the, the Innocent Gun have a similarly like when it's gone, it's gone limited edition uh, matching beer that uses the oh. bakes. They use the same wood. So like, cool. oh, oh my God, it was so delicious. <laughs> it was like. A cho like a chocolate treacle mm. beer. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever tasted. Uh, mm. And there was this amazing, uh, um, uh, from Durham, a, uh, she is a neuroscientist who did a whole talk about what actually happens to your brain when you drink. Okay. Uh, it was a dangerous thing to put in the middle of a beer tasting <laughs> session. Uh, but it was also, you know, she was full of, she was very practical. She was full of tips of how not to uh, basically give yourself a lobotomy because that's pretty much what happens. If you drink too much, mm. your, the front part of your brain pretty much just shuts down. Yeah. So it is like giving yourself a frontal lobotomy. I've got a feeling uh, I've seen that. What, what's the name of the person who does it? 
Uh, I cannot remember. It's fine. We're, we will look it up and put it in the show notes. I swear I've seen that. That sounds very familiar. There, um, yeah, oh, there are, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people. Who, I think just find... I'm not going to be able to... I'm not going to be able to find her. Uh, no worries. Uh, uh, I've got her... You know, I'm just rifling through the business cards on my desk thinking, I'm sure she... Sure, she gave. Oh, I can't remember. I was pissed. No idea. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Amanda Ellison. There you are. Okay. That does ring Amanda a business card. Astonishing. Okay. Well, we should, we should look her up and, and, and put a link to her stuff in the show notes. <laughs> she is excellent. Uh, and uh, she had all sorts of brilliant stories and uh, excellent tips on how to avoid uh, shrinking your brain overnight. Basically, just uh, drink a lot of water in Hydrate. between. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, need to do your five films now. Have you have you prepared your five films for uh, us? Oh my goodness! You know, I've been really worried about this uh, all day. <laughs> Everybody is. Everybody panicked like, about this. This, it, I feel like I'm not. I'm not really a kind of filmy person. My other half is a totally filmy person, and he goes to see like so many films. Uh, and I'm kind of like. Uh, I've taken a particular tactic with my five films uh, that they're all of a certain type. And I have a feeling that um, uh, if I tried to be too sort of nerdy or uh, super sciencey or, you know, a bit too, you know, nerd hipster with my choice of films, I would fall flat on my face because I'd be like, oh, yeah, guys. So, yeah, Jurassic Park, amazing film. (laughs) Uh, or, or whatever, or like, oh, totally, uh, yeah, the um, me- Memento is like, you know, everyone loves that, like, Pie, uh, clear mental soundtrack, uh, whatever. I, I don't know, I just, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, so what I've done is I've, I've chosen five films that I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not going to say these are five films that everyone needs to see. I'm saying that these are the five films that you should line up on Netflix uh, if you are ever stuck at home ill and you've just been uh, dumped by your boyfriend. I don't know if that's a <laughs> popular demographic amongst your listeners. Okay, that's uh, fine. <laughs> but I would, you know, so I've got probably specific, like, you know, rather than try and say that these are the five films that you have to see, okay. I'm saying these are the five films you should probably watch in a very specific circumstance. Okay. Therefore, no one can tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Fair. Because I am a nerd, therefore I'm a pedant, therefore I do not like being told I'm wrong. I'll do anything... Yeah, this so falls into the kind of high fidelity top five of categories. Absolutely. I mean, these are. I mean, no one will be able to argue that these are not optimum in that category. So we're talking uh, um, duvet day. Tub dumped. of ice cream. Yeah. So if yeah. you're going to make it an alliterative title, these are films. Five films you must see on a post-dumped duvet day. Okay, okay that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, would you like these five films? Just, just, uh, yeah, was that the first one? Because normally we, we, we like to react to them as well. To each film, yeah. And by this, by reacting in this, we might just have to have a little bit of a cry <laughs> at the sound of it. Tissues <laughs> <laughs> are they ready? Uh, <laughs> Not that kind of film, AD. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, some of these have been chosen for their, their um, sheer kind of awfulness. That's cool. But spectacular, shiny million dollar awfulness okay. uh, 
All right. I mean, oh, there's, there's, there's almost two minutes I could use. Uh, so, uh, uh, okay. First one, The Proposal. Oh, okay. uh, which I'm sure you have. Have you said it's, it's starring uh, what's his name and Sandra Bullock? I haven't That's all I know that, about is it. Is that Richard Gere? Is it? No, it's no. someone much younger who looks like Richard Gere. Right. Okay. That'll it's be quite, why I think it's quite Richard new. Gere, then. Uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, uh, dates a much younger man, right. who is her assistant. She is a high-flying Canadian publisher attempting to renew her visa, uh, which she doesn't manage to, instead make a green card. By marrying a confused monk, young Alaskan. Okay. Uh, you know, it all ends very happily, and there's a very cute dog. That's okay, all I said. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, it, it, it's a, a general, normal Sandra Bullock film where she doesn't get fired into space with George Clooney. Do you know what? That would probably have been a better choice. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to delete that. Right, let's go. Uh, Bailey, do you know what? I'm going to suggest a film, and you're going to suggest a better film with some of the same people in. All right, okay, that's okay. fine. That, how's that? That's fair. We can, we can right, do that. Okay. So, Gravity. All right, Proposal is out. Gravity. All right. Gravity is And in. then you take responsibility for it, so I still can't be wrong. That's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. All right. Okay, so, um, uh, uh, what else? Uh, all right, this is a terrible one. Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, okay. Have you so, ever had the misfortune to see this? Yes, I have. Yes. That's uh, a oh, long time what's ago. What's the name? Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, that's the one. Yes. Yes. Also, a very cute dog. This bloodhound. Yeah. Hmm. A very cute I, I, dog. There's pretty much a theme of these. There is. Uh, so is, so is there a theme of little cute dogs going on in this? It's pretty, yeah, I'm just going pretty much little cute dogs. We're, gonna, we're not going to see Beverly Hills Chihuahua in this, are we? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, no, I've got Legally Blonde on the list. Right. Le okay. Well, Legally Blonde, uh, as, so as long as it's not Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> Uh, She's totally got you okay, are so, in a bag. So something else with Reese Witherspoon that's slightly better. I would say Election is a damn good film. Election. All right. Is... Sweet Home Alabama. Despite the fact that uh, when I uh, when I left university, uh, it was the only film that I owned, and it even came in a pink plastic DVD case. Uh, that was because my entire DVD collection. Had it was been shocking, stolen. As I recall. Uh, apart from that, that was it. But like, someone broke into the flat I was living in. They stole all of my DVDs, apart from the pink cased Sweet Home Alabama. But that has now been replaced by uh, Election. Uh, yes. So uh, was, uh, have, you, have you seen the Election? No, I haven't. This is it's, basically my to-do list now. It's it's Matthew election. Broderick and Reese Witherspoon, and they're I can't remember whether they're, they're, they're it's to do with a school election of the school president. I think it is. And she's the kind of preppy one, and then there's there's Matthew Broderick who's a teacher. And I can't I, I can't remember the I full storyline behind it, but it, that that's that is quite a good film. It's one of those kind of escalating feud films. Ooh. And, and it all turns lovey-dovey in the end, and she yeah. concedes to yeah. being a nice person instead of a stuck-up bitch. Yes, pretty much. That that's your dumped duvidet uh, film. It's, it's Perfect, a redemptive dueling movie. Uh, that sounds right. Okay, that's on the list. Um, all right, Legally Blonde, the next one featuring a um, small chihuahua called Bruiser in a bag. Legally Blonde. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how you could find a better film than Legally Blonde, though. Come on. See, now, now that right. it is actually pretty good. I, I can't say the same about the sequels, however. No. Yeah, the sequels, I mean, that was, yeah, no. They, I mean, that, people need money. I mean, those <laughs> yeah. dog, dog home obviously. retirement fees are not negligible. So, you know, Bruiser <laughs> needed somewhere to go. 
Chihuahua had to go somewhere. Okay, so I'm resorting to IMDb now for better Reese Witherspoon movies. Uh, so where are we? Let's have a look. What about um? Oh no, hang on. But didn't, who played her father though? Was it? In Legally Blonde. Surely there's one of the other characters. Yeah, one of the other actors. Let's have a look and see who it's else. Been is in. in. Uh... Luke okay. Wilson's in it. I can't think of anything good he's ever done. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Selma Blair. Okay, oh. Selma Blair's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Matthew Davis. Ooh. Victor Garber is, yeah, he's the, the dad. Uh, now, I don't know about films he's been oh, in. Oh, no. He he's was in the, Alias, um... the TV show. He's no, the but he's the bad professor. We don't want him. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, the bad professor. Okay. Uh, oh, oh Ali Lata was in Heroes, amongst other things. Uh... Raquel okay. Welch? Yeah. What? What? Yeah, apparently so. Mrs. Jennifer Mrs. Coolidge. I mean, she's been a lot of... I mean, maybe maybe we should just say that this, on average, is probably one of the best films they've been in. I, yeah, Quite likely. I, I think... Collectively. Because well, if yeah. we go for Selma Blair, then there's Hellboy. Is that what I should be watching instead? Hellboy is an awesome film. I'd say it's not going to be particularly... In fact, no, it, 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 it works on a duvet day because it's technically a love story between Hellboy and Selma Blair's character. Yeah. Admittedly, yes, right. he, he's a six-foot-tall hell demon played by Ron Perlman, but it's a love story. That's that I'm feeling slightly well, better duvet day. Yeah. To be totally honest, one of the other films was Mean Girls, which in pretty much all of the characters are six-foot-tall hell demons. Yeah. Uh, so you know, pretty much that that knocks Mean Girls out of the park as well now. So uh, well, I, good. I, again, you see, I, I quite like Mean, mean Girls. Girls is cool. I watched yeah. that with my daughter, and I quite like that. <laughs> it is of its time, and we are still trying to make Fetch happen. It's true. Yeah. Uh, there's a lovely sketch night in London run by a friend of mine, uh, Katie, who uh, uh, is called "Stop Trying to Make Sketch Happen." Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just like it just took, you know, the, when you only hear something like that, it kind of takes you back to exactly yeah. the time that, that that was, you know, I was like 14 again, going, <laughs> What? I remember this from my past. What? <laughs> Lovely phrase. Um, so, uh, okay, so um, are we keeping Mean Girls on the list? Or I think we've replaced Legally, excuse me, Legally Blonde with Hellboy, so then we'll keep Mean Girls. Okay, we're keeping Mean Girls. Woo! Uh, all right. Um, so, so far, Hellboy, Gravity, Election, Mean Girls. This is quite. It's quite turning into quite a nice list. Yeah. Um, so one more. One more. Joe, you know I'm going to have to go That's for cool, uh, the the film that I named this show after. Uh, so I'm going to go Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Fair okay. Enough. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. No. Uh, Which uh, I mean, it's got uh, it's got pretty much everyone that. Uh, my partner fancies in it in one single film. <laughs> so, to be honest, this isn't even my duty day. You were in that. This is his day. Sorry, I, I didn't know you were in that film. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's no, a charmer, I, I, isn't he? Every... No, no. Everyone he fancies is in that film, and yes, I am not in that film. Aww. So, uh, we. So I gave Pitch Perfect. Oh, it was a, it was a tight, it was a tight draw between Pitch Perfect and Bridesmaids. Um, oh, I don't know what Bridesmaids is. I've never uh, seen uh, that. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> it's lot like a flick. Uh, it's a lot like The Hangover, but with women. All right, okay, and, and more diarrhea than vomit. Yeah, 
I mean, it really goes it goes places that I uh, yeah I didn't want it to go. No. <laughs> Let's be honest with that. That's why I went Pitch Perfect because you know. see now out, out of your list, there's some things that are, there's some omissions that I would have expected to see there. Things like the sweetest thing. Oh yeah. Cameron yeah. Diaz. I would have expected uh, to see that. Ten things I hate there. about you. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Which I watched again the other day, and it's got with Heath Ledger in it. Yeah, it's Heath Ledger. And yeah. it's like, you know, what? it's you know, he acts the shit out of that. He does. He's done some cracking films. I, mean, I, I don't care what yeah. anybody else says. The uh, was it Night's Tale is awesome. awesome. He, he's just you know, you put him on a screen, and you're like, that guy. That guy was a movie star. Yeah, he yeah. was a movie star. Most ah, you know, wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I put that uh, three minutes on repeat of that film. Uh, the sweetest thing. Okay, anything else you would you would have added? Um, I, uh, things like something about Mary. Mm. Oh, something on there, something about Mary. Uh, uh, okay, one that, the one that was just nudged off the list because, I mean, it's so appalling, you can't even say it's so appalling that it's good, uh, was Made in Manhattan. Oh, you ever seen God, that? yeah, God. That, is that Jennifer Lopez? Lopez yeah. 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 Jennifer uh, J, J. Lo. I mean, uh, it is a J low point in her career. Well, uh, there there, there is like, one that's Ray, actually worse, and oh that's the, the, the Kevin Ray Smith Fines one. Is just it Gilles? looking awkward for an entire film. Like, how did I get cast in this? Is his expression on his face continuously for, for the entire film. But yeah. it has a dog in it. <laughs> is it a cute dog? <laughs> no, it has a really good dog. It's got like a big sort of loping... Uh, uh, one of those really big ones, blood like not not bloodhound, but like a like a Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard. No, 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 no. It's like a brown. It's like a oh, really big Labrador. Dribbling. Family. Like an over. What are they? They're oversized Labradors. They've got a name. They're like a wolfhound. No, no, no. They're, they're big... See, no, it's not furry. It's like a brown over. I'm literally yeah. googling oversized. <laughs> oversized like brown dog. You're like huge. Yeah, like Turner Hooch, dude. Yeah. Oh dear. I, 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 yeah, I think I know what you mean. You see, because now, now I'm wondering why you haven't put Beethoven in the list. Oh my goodness! <laughs> now it's got children in. Not interested. Uh, <laughs> but it's got David Duchovny in it. Yeah, but you know, too many children. Ah, oh, oh, David. Sorry, you know, I haven't thought about David Duchovny. Yes, David Duchovny was in there. Mm. Are you still there? Oh, I am still there. Sorry, I am uh, looking up websites. <laughs> You're googling uh, dogs. Asking questions like, is there such a dog breed as a miniature Labrador? Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to find. Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm now just looking at pictures of dogs. I should stop doing that. Um, so yeah, pretty much my the films that I've chosen are um, dump DVD shows with dogs. Yeah, dump DVD yeah. dog films. Yeah, and, uh, and which they, I think they, they a... tend to involve kind of one of the the, the queens of. Of slushy movies, so it's either Cameron Diaz, Julia Roberts, or yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I mean, if Pretty Woman had had a dog in it, it would be on it the list. That would, be, that would be on the list. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, it would have been. I mean, quite aside from the fact it would have been a better film. Yeah, Pretty, uh, pretty Woman I with mean, a dog would have only... been an entirely more disturbing film. <laughs> <laughs> but like any, like any rule, uh, there is an exception. So Marley and me. That's never going on the list. Oh, okay. I'm well, in that's... too much dog. That's too much. Hinges too much on the dog. Yeah. It does. So that's not. That's not. I mean. But as Aidy no, pointed out, no. then there, there was all the kind of 80s buddy cop dog films like K9, oh. Turner and Hooch. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so yeah, pretty much. These these are films that I am. I've listed not because I will get any cred whatsoever, but I just thought I would go down a very specific route. That's uh, fine. So dub doobie day dog do dog dog doobies dog doobies <laughs> dog doobies. Yeah. Dog doobies. I don't even know what's going on. Here. <laughs> no, indeed. Okay, well, I guess yeah. Well, we'll kind of wrap it up there. Uh, anything you need to plug vociferously before you finish? Um, things to plug. What am I up to? Festival of Nerd. Two more shows in London. Uh, we're at Latitude Festival as well, and we're also doing the Preston branch of the Lancashire Science Festival later in June. If anyone is up north. Um, sort of north, west, sort of Preston. Basically, if you're in Preston, that's really the yeah. only time that that will be of any use to you. Um, also, I'm doing a show with my sister, which is an experiment of a very <laughs> dangerous sort, uh, because I have never worked with my sister before. She is a uh, science writer and a uh, makes radio shows about science. Ah. Uh, so we kind of do slightly similar stuff, uh, but. We we've always been a bit scared of working together because we think it's all going to be like lots of fun and jolly and nice and laughs until one of us gets killed. I mean, that's pretty much like we we think everything's gone very well so far, but I just feel like it's it's just a few sharp words away from and it an ice pick in the back of the head, both detonating each other on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game. Um, but. Uh, we're doing a show on 16th of July in London called uh, How the Victorians Ruined the World. Uh, and we have, <laughs> which is a kind of, uh, because we do think the Victorians ruined the world. Um, and uh, we're asking the audience to vote on the one thing that they would change back if they could. Like the Victorians in uh, invented Christmas trees, over-reliance on petrol, prudishness. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they invented like uh, social housing. Which is like, yay! But at the same time, uh, boo! Uh, because they uh, kicked uh, all the poor people out of the slums in London and didn't get them anywhere else to go. Boo! Social genocide, boo! Um, and toilets as well. The Victorians invented the flushing toilet and made it the luxury gold standard throughout the empire, despite the fact that most of the empire uh, could not really deal with a future that had 50 gallons of drinking water flushed down the toilet for every single member of the population, yes. uh, when they had perfectly good composting toilets. Uh, so the Victorians are to blame for the water shortage across most of the developing world. It's a pretty bold statement. No, uh, we, I definitely we think that you've got to have something involved in there, though. If, if you can cross the two and have that as a setting for your radio show in a Victorian household... If I could set a radio show in a Victorian toilet, I flipping well would. <laughs> uh, hopefully, at some point, the Spoken Nerd series we will be in charge of the London sewer system, which would be amazing. Uh, we do have a couple of experts help us. We have an, actually an, genuinely an expert in toilets at UCL. Uh, she is part of the uh, UC Lou department, which is UCL00 uh, yeah. team. There is a whole team devoted to like contemporary and historical sanitary engineering. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Marvelous. it sounds completely out of this world, but it's genuinely, they organise conferences together and stuff. It's amazing. Um, and we also have a Victorian sexpert uh, who has written a, uh, a sex guide to, to the Victorians. Oh, okay. Uh, Is it all pitch so black? She... I beg your pardon? Is the book pitch black? 
It's um, it, it comes <laughs> so Victorian with sex little... with the lights out and the, yeah. It, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It's got lights and no lights, uh, and also it has a little frill around the bottom, so you can't see the book's ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Because that would be rude. Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, <yes>. <laughs> so she would be talking. She actually, she actually takes the opposite stance. Uh, but actually, the Victorians were very open-minded about about sex. Um, so you know, I uh, I have uh, I've yet to be enlightened about this. Uh, you will have to come along to the show and well, find out. Indeed. <laughs> okay. So yes, thank you very much for your time, Helen. Uh, uh, I've been Spindles. I've been Aidy. I've been Helen. Got it right. Nailed it. Woohoo! I was really worried about getting that wrong. And the sign off. Oh, uh, please uh, be excellent to me. Right? <laughs> uh, please come to my show. No, please come to my excellent show. Take your excellent show uh, to each other and be yourselves until next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember what it was. That's cool. That'll do nicely. That was brilliant. <laughs> that will do wonderfully. That was absolutely brilliant.